This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio, coming to you live each Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern. And find us on podcasts available on iTunes, Google Play, and other streaming services. I'm your host. Liz Wharton, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. And while I am an attorney with the Atlanta-based law firm of Hall Booth Smith, I am not your attorney for this show. Instead, Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz is a weekly look at all the buzz surrounding the driverless cars, the Internet of Things, drones, and all the technology in between. And for those who were following a few weeks ago when we talked about the Delta crash uh, and Delta glitch, so to speak, the final tab has come in, and Delta was estimating that was a $100 million uh, glitch. So quite a pricey little tag on that one, thanks to technology, and of course, British Airways suffered a recent glitch as well that grounded flights all over the world. But one thing we're going to talk about today, and it's really jumping off the pages of comic books and imagination into real world. It's how technology is being used to remove barriers, to how to enable the disabled. And the guests today that are joining us have been knee-deep on the front lines of developing and researching technology and enabling and introducing it to both the private practice as well as the workforce and helping individuals gain independence and freedom previously unheard of. So with that, we're going to welcome our first guest, Luis and Alina from George's Vocational Rehabilitation, and I'm going to get it all wrong, so Luis and Alina, I'm going to look to y'all to give a really good overview of what your program does, and then talk about some of the gadgets and gizmos and research that y'all are doing, but Luis, Alina, welcome, and Luis, tell us a little bit about what what your work is with the agency. Yes, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, like I said, my name is Louis Naramatsu, and I'm the co-director at Georgia Industries for the Blind. And we're part of the Georgia Vocational Rehab Agency, all under the same umbrella. We're all one, one group, great group. So New York. It's Thursday, our mission. And so what, are, so what are some of the things that you all do with the agency? Um, historically, our mission is to provide employment opportunities for people who are blind, through manufacturing and services to federal, commercial, and state government. So we produce uh, a, a various lines of all kinds of paper products. Uh, we do pillows for the military. Uh, we produce screen printing. Manufacturing services that we provide to both commercial and federal, federal customers. Well, and it's not just that y'all are providing a workforce environment you're really on the cutting edge of enabling individuals to re-enter the workforce or 
open the doors of occupations for them. Absolutely. Through the use of technology, like myself, I'm, I'm totally blind, and I'm, I'm the director here. Um, through the use of technology, <laughs> screen readers, um, uh, OCR programs that read printed text to me, we're able to, to bring in people to our workforce in various departments, um, customer service, uh, call centers. Um, the lady sitting next to me, her name is Alina. Alina is an industrial engineer. Alina, want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Alina. I'm an industrial engineer here at Georgia Industry for the Blind. I came from Cuba, and I have been working here for two years. I Part of my job is do the cost for different products. I do layouts. I do production studies, like time studies and everything, trying to find um, better products for us and improve our efficiency. Well, and y'all are selling yourselves short a little bit here. I'm going to have to tease you because from everything I read with some of the projects that y'all are working on and developing, I'm envisioning Tony Stark's lab in Iron Man. And, Alina, you're not just an engineer. I mean, you've crafted some really neat uh, gadgets and technologies. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in working in this area? Um, I use different kind of technology. For example, for my computer, I use Zoom Text. There is um, like a magnifier for my computer. But also, um, a new technology that you that we just found was ESI glasses. ESI glasses is a pair of electronic device that actually uh, help people with legally blind people to see better. It consists in a camera and two screens, and the camera reflects the image in the two screens. And actually, I can see without the glasses, my vision is 20 to 100, and with the glasses, I can see 20 to 20. So this technology... And you worked on development. How did the idea come about that this would be a viable option through the virtual reality type or the augmented uh, lenses? Uh, we went to uh, NIB conference, National Industry for the Blind conference. It's an annual conference, and over there was one of the our partners agency, um, the agency that is in Nebraska. And they was um, using the e-site for a couple of months. And they invite us to over there. Um, I toured the plant without the glasses and with the glasses. And I saw just a big difference. And um, I came here. We, we did a report about what I can see with the glasses and out the glasses. And how come the glasses can provide more job opportunities to people who are blind, and we decide to buy to buy three pair of those glasses, and we have it here, and three of, oh, sorry, I wore the glasses now. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. This is one case where I am certainly uh, uh, disappointed that we don't have the live stream, because I, I wish everyone could see these glasses. Now, where is there a website that listeners can go to see really a, an overview of what the eSight glasses can provide? Yes, if you Google just eSight glasses, it's going to come out, you know, their website. 
and they and that's that's e s i t h t dot com or yes okay okay and with these glasses you said you're able to I mean the difference is just extraordinary that you're able to see what's going on in the factory I mean it how cumbersome are they about the size of you know, what you would think of for virtual reality are they just oversized sunglasses it's a little more bigger than a regular pair of glasses because of course it's an electronic device and you have a box uh, it's a control box and you can change the the bright the color the zoom you can change different kind of things and you have a cable that is going from the electronic pair of glasses to that box it's a little bit bigger than a regular pair of glasses but at the end at the end when you are used to wear the glasses you feel comfortable with them and how long did it take for you to adjust your particular glasses to your vision needs? Um, for example, we started to use the glasses uh, like three months ago, and it took to you, you have to, to try to train every day, every day with them because you need that time to feel comfortable. It depends on the person, but at the beginning, you just um, it's better to use the glasses just like two hours a day, and after that, you get comfortable. Uh, if you have a, prescri- a prescription, like um, long-distance prescription, you have to put that prescription in the glasses, and the east side people are going to fit that for you inside the glasses. So they're able to tailor each of glasses to the individual's needs and as your vision adjusts over time. Then yes, they, they, they are going to adjust the glasses with your pupil distance and with the prescription that you need. Now, and how expensive are each set of glasses? It's $15,000. Wow. So that's, but in the grand scheme of things, vision is priceless, so... It seems like that's not a bad bargain. That's that's not a and bad at all. When you when you think of the think of the efficiencies and and the capabilities and the opportunities that we are able to open for people who are legally blind or couldn't do a, a job in the past with those pair of glasses. I mean that fifteen thousand dollars isn't nothing. I mean that's absolutely. And so, how through your agency are you able to? assist with the pricing and uh, the funding for those classes? Well, those, those fundings come out come out of our, uh, of our budget. Um, we, we partner with, you know, with other agencies, but uh, most of our, our, ours have been funded through our, through our budget. Um, GVRA, you know, as we work together as, as a parent agency, um, have been able to, to work with this company um, and reduce the price a little, but um, it, it, the Funding comes from our... No, no, no. Okay, and so now are y'all able to... uh, So how many pairs have you been able to provide? Uh, We have have purchased three pairs, um, and they're they're spread around. Alina Alina is wearing one. We have one on our production floor and one up in our Robbins uh, Air Force Base uh, box reclamation site. And how long does it take for a pair to be fitted to an individual or to be obtained? 
It was like a month, like a month, one month. That's not that's not bad. Well, we are about to jump to our first commercial break. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, talking about all the technologies that are enabling the disabled, and coming in this case from through the state of Georgia, but. We'll jump right back into all this after the commercial break. You're on America's Web Radio. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, talking with Louis and Alina on all the different technologies that they're working with, including the e-sight glasses that are bringing vision to the client. I mean, this is stuff you previously would have only heard about in comic books and sci-fi movies. And George has provided three pairs of these glasses. And Elena and Louis, share with us a little bit, too, how y'all develop or identify new opportunities for technology. How do y'all find what you're going to bring into your house, the project? Do you go to conferences? I mean, uh, Alina, you mentioned you found eSight through a conference. Yes, um, NIB conference um, is National Industry for the Blind conference. They offer an annual conference, and over there is different vendors that um, expose their different products, and we found eSight glasses over there last year. We're, we're lucky to and have- what are the 
I'll say, one of the projects y'all work on with the assistive work technologies is really uh, everything from bringing in software that does the voice-activated computing to modifications of vehicles. How do y'all identify those partnership opportunities? You know, working with our AW team here in, in GVRA, um, as we bring employees in and there's an opportunity within a new uh, position, uh, we have a, a, a great um, AWT team that will come in and evaluate that person, evaluate the position, um, make an assessment of what technology is, is, is more uh, appropriate for that person. Because each position is different and each person is different, so each technology we would be different for each person. So you can't just adapt one technology as uh, is, is a, is a blanket. Um, so we're lucky to have GVRA uh, folks to come in, our, our AWT team that comes in and, and does those types of assessments for us. Well, and with that, when y'all go in and conduct one of your assessments, do y'all uh, do you supplement some of the uh, the cost for the technologies, or who bear who bears the cost for those? Um. It's 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 a it's a partnership um, through the vocational rehab agency. Our, our partner agency, VR. Um, some costs come from there. Some may may come through the employer through us. We actually partner up and costs. Um, right now, actually, myself, I just got my position got got um, and um, the software and and the hardware that I'm going to be doing is going to be come out coming out of our budget. Uh, just because of the, of the cost of it, but it all depends on on what the what the equipment is and the cost. And um, there's funds out there within GVRA to uh, make the person is is. is uh, so it's a so it's really a public private partnership where y'all are identifying where the needs are and then working within agencies. Now, is this a model that's unique? to Georgia, or is this something where, because you'll have similar agencies in every state, correct? Correct. We're, we're a state agency. Most of the agencies around the, around the country are, are nonprofit, um, and they have a board. So most of, some of them agencies have within, within their organizations a, a, a vocational rehab arm branch. Um, us as a state agency, we fall under the Georgia Vocation Agency, so we're, we're lucky. That's all within our, our, our partners and our own agency. So uh, just a matter of, of sharing resources and, and, and moving resources where they're needed as we as we bring in into to the workforce. The other adaptive uh, technologies that you've seen involved in the last six months or last two or three years ago? Um, technology has evolved in, in arms and, and leaps. I mean, just just the, the technology within a, within a phone. Um, you know, before before you'd have to buy special software. Now that's all mainstream. I know we talk about the iPhones and the Androids. Um, they're very accessible to people who are blind now, and the, and the software, the, the applications that come with it. Um, native applications are you know are just wonderful. You can pick up an iPhone out of a box, and in five minutes a, a blind person could be using it. Um, so and there's a lot of applications out there that are being developed as we speak for, for uh, GPS, for walk-in, for all kinds of different applications that a blind person or a p- person with low vision could, could use or 
or just people with other disabilities. It's cross, it's, it's cross disabilities. That, that amazing how how the technology is evolving day by day. Well, that's what had sparked this initial conversation, and was listening to a story with State Representative Trey Kelly talking about a commercial where you see this individual going about their daily chores in their car, and when the commercial ends and the individual's leaving the car, you realize that it was an autonomous vehicle, a driverless car, and that he was visually impaired and blind, but whereas before you might have been homebound or uh, dependent on others for transportation with autonomous vehicles, that's no longer the case. And it just, the fact that the eSight uh, glasses bring vision to those, yourselves included, who could not see without them is just amazing. Now, how long have y'all been using your particular pairs? Uh, Alina, are they a recent acquisition or have you been using them for a while now? Uh, has been for months now. And you were saying before that there was some adjustment. Have you seen software upgrades or the technology evolved while you've been using them? No, it's, it's, it, it doesn't have been an update now, but they are working on that, and they say they will provide any update if we, when, when they discover something new, and they will provide it to us. Well, that's great. Now, is there the software that comes with that's operating the glasses? Is that something where you, you know, sync it up with your computer at night, or are they self-contained glasses? The technology is, is self-contained uh, within the glasses. It's, it's within the control box. All that's all the. The, um, the measurements and the settings are all within that control box. Um. Okay. Well, because you think of, you know, with your Apple Watch or other things, it's like you have to sync at night or with the – now, are there batteries that are operating the glasses? Do you have to charge the glasses? Uh, or is it something where once the batteries are in, they're good for six months? There's yes. no daily charging. The glasses uh, come with two batteries. Each battery allows you for four hours, so you have to charge the other one. So it sounds about like the battery life of uh, the, <laughs> the iPhone and other gadgets. It's not quite as a uh, long-term uh, solution right now. But... Uh, have y'all found that to be a problem where you wish you, you're you having to stop what you're doing, pause, hey, guys, I've got to switch the batteries, or you just adjust around? No, I didn't have any any problem with the battery. I just use one one battery in, my, in the glasses when I am wearing, and I charge the other one, and, and I change it. Well, that is great. Now, if someone is out there developing software or think they have a technology that would have a good application for some of your programs, what should they be looking for? Do you do people contact your 
agency or your department with ideas, or do you all have to reach out and find the ideas yourself? Um, I have, in, 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 in answering that question, most of the time people reach out to our, our agency when they're trying to develop. Like I had a lady who was developing um, a reader for prescription medication. And she asked us if we could try out that, that uh, little gadget they were, they were they were trying to promote. Um, and that was to read, you know, special labels on prescriptions so they would read the prescription back to the person who was blind. So most of the time I've had people reach out to us asking us for our support and our feedback on something they're trying to develop. And how do they contact you? Should they reach out to you through the website? Is there a different way to get, uh, basically get their ideas on your radar? Well, they can contact, they can call the, the industries at 1-800-605-7260. That's 1-800-605-7260. And just talk to the customer service person. Don't put them in, in contact with the right person to talk with. Um, it's and with the with the technology that y'all are implementing, is there anything coming in the pipeline that you're particularly excited about, uh, either personally or for some of your uh, some of the people that you help service? Um, right now, we're very excited about the e sites because I think it's one of the one of those. Uh, one of them technologies is going to help us open doors in, in, in a lot of our operations. So right now we're concentrated on how do we develop and train out with different people. How do we develop these classes so there will be more, so that we can come in with, and think of new positions that we can come up with so these people can take advantage and, and, and come in and get, get jobs and get trained to maybe even go to other places to get to work. So besides well, and how our, do you – and how do you – I mean – Training, it, it would seem, requires the glasses and having, you know, adjusting to each person's needs. Do you roll out? Do you have test subjects? Or how do you test and ensure that a product is ready to meet your needs before you roll out to the larger audience you're serving? We need to do internal surveys within our agency. Um, the e-sites were something that we had the, the folks come down and they tested individuals who, who might for those glasses. They gave us yes. of those who are most likely to be successful using those glasses. And did y'all do internal, I mean, they're a national company, but are y'all working with partnerships with Georgia Tech in Atlanta or any of the other companies based in Georgia on products? Um, our parent agent, GVRA, usually has, is, is our, and the AW team is the one who's usually in charge of partnering up with, with uh, Georgia Tech and the folks. Um, but we're always open open to, to any suggestions they may have or any ideas they may have. They want to try out anything, any new products. Um, we're always available to do that. And do if someone wants to um, buy or invest in glasses for you know basically make donations uh, or a contribution, should they contact y'all through the website as well or call the eight hundred number? They can call the eight hundred number. Addition, okay. 
Excellent. And if you want to, what's the website as well where people can find out more information about the eSight glasses and some of the other projects? It was the, the eSight glasses at eSight.com. Um, we, our website is, is, is through the Georgia Vocational Rehab Agency. Okay, what's that website address? AbleGeorgia.com. We're, we're going to promote... I was going to say, we're going to promote y'all. You're doing great things. So you said AbleGeorgia.com or? Yes, that's that's Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you you so much. And so what was the first thing y'all wanted to do with your glasses other than the, you know, tours of the factories? Was there a particular activity or something that you said, okay, Game on, now I can do this. Mainly, mainly it's to open doors for more individuals to, to come in um, and, and, and be able to get employment. Uh, we have a large sewing department where we're, we're trying to expand, and, and some of the things that we, we were studying, as, as the engineer here can tell you, is the application of those glasses as they, as they we apply them to the sewing department. And the things that we can um, help our individuals do and expand within the sewing department and opportunities they can do um, in sewing, just to expand to other places like, like you know, in the offices and other other places like Alina, who's an engineer, and how she can apply that to her job as she does time studies and other things like that. So it, we're excited about applying that technology to be able to open doors for training and for employment for people who are blind and low vision within Georgia and anybody who comes to us, and we can apply that technology answer opportunities for gainful employment. Well, thank you so much for joining the show today and sharing with us about some of the technology that you're working with and how you're integrating that into the workforce. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. We're going to go to commercial, and then when we come back, we're going to talk with some of the uh, other agencies within Georgia that are working in the same Area. So thank you for listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. 
His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren, on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, at Lawyer Liz on Twitter. Find us each week on America's Web Radio and on iTunes under Lawyer Liz. And we were just before the break talking with two of the individuals with the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency and on all the amazing technology that is entering or enabling individuals to uh, join the workforce and basically enabling the disabled. And so we're going to chat next with one of the individuals who helped start the Accessibility Solutions and Research Center, which works in collaboration with Georgia Tech on developing more of the technology and services and solutions that play into how we take technology from comic book ideas to really into reality. So hopefully Christopher has been able to join us and ready to share about how this idea began for developing. Christopher, have you been able to call in? Yes, I'm here. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. Uh, We were just talking with some of the folks from that are working with the eSight glasses, but y'all with through AMAC are doing so much more. So welcome to the show, and tell us a little bit about what AMAC is doing and how you became involved in it. Well, um, well, thank you for the invitation. Um, I've been involved with AMAC since the beginning. I was I'm one of the founders. Um, it was founded at the University of Georgia. Um, actually, back in 2006, and um, so is there a bit of a rivalry? Okay, is there a bit of a rivalry between the schools? I mean, because y'all switched from Athens somewhat to Atlanta, and I can imagine that took a little bit of convincing. Well, you know, not only that, um, I swam for UGA, um, so I'm a bulldog at heart. So it was very difficult <laughs> for me to like pick up and move to um, Atlanta, but um, Georgia Tech has been the right place for us. It, it has definitely opened up new doors um, for us, and the rivalry is there, but it's, 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 not, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> okay, if anything, I, I'm sure it just spurs innovation that you must, the challenge you better than your cohorts at other schools. But exactly. So what are some of the things that y'all, uh, what's, Sparked your interest in this area? Well, you know, my, mine's, um, mine comes from a personal as well as professional standpoint. Um, in, in the second grade, I was diagnosed with dyslexia, um, 
and it actually is a severe learning disability that affects my, my reading and my writing. So I was one of the lucky ones. I was in, um, in college. I swam at UGA. Um, I, at UGA at that time, back in the 80s, had incredible services where they would have volunteers come in and, and read textbooks, and um, all my textbooks were put on four-track tape recorders, and I would drag them around campus, and um, that's how I got the content. That's how I got the knowledge, and was able to pass the courses. Um, and the, the, um, when I went to my graduate work in the, in the late 1990s um, and 2000s, early 2000s, the textbooks still were not in accessible format. So um, I became more concerned about that and became a strong advocate, and um, as well as disability organizations nationally, but specifically in Georgia, were really pushing the university system of Georgia, which had at that time 31 university system um, institutions, um, to ensure that textbooks from publishers, and if a faculty was going to prescribe a textbook, that that textbook would be in accessible format. And um, to be frank with you, the technology wasn't there, and it still is struggling to get there. Um, so the University System of Georgia was very proactive, and I'm very proud to be a part of um, the, the University System of Georgia. And they put about $600,000 aside to set up a centralized um, center that would provide um, training, technical assistance, and post-production work on textbooks. And what that means is basically taking a, a textbook, if we get it from the publisher, an electronic file, converting it into a, a media flavor that will allow the, the student with a disability to be able to use special software to read it back. And if we don't get and the it, file from the... Yep. No, I was going to say, because it, it's so much more than just an audio file of the book. I mean, with students and learning... The textbooks need to be a breathing, interactive, you know, backwards, forwards. I need to conceptually navigate through it. How does that translate, or how did y'all manage to translate that into the digital realm? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, it, it is a, a living, breathing, dynamic process. So nowadays, specifically, it's not about opening up a hard copy textbook, flipping the pages. Um, it's about interacting it with the videos and the navigation and um, all the other the quizzes and all the other elements that make up, you know, a living, breathing textbook. So, I mean, we focused at the very beginning when we started AMAC on converting it based on the student's learning profile. So a lot of times that meant touching each other page. I mean, where we would have to sometimes cut the cut and scan the textbook using OCR software and um, go in there and zone each, you know, section, make sure the images had alt text, alternative text to them. So if I'm blind and I'm going over a image, I can I can hear it um, and know what that image is about. So that's we started kind of from the the, the grassroots of, of, of ripping that book up and making it accessible. Um, the very humble part, uh, you know, just your experience with textbooks. If this was a superhero, because you know we were talking to. Stark Enterprises lab kind of thing, you know, y'all started simple and took it from there and have really grown it into so much more. 
with what you're working on. I mean, it's y'all aren't just in the educational realm as much. I mean, you've expanded to other areas. How have you identified those partnership opportunities? Well, that's a great question. You know, you're right. We started in three dorm rooms and with 30, you know, 28 institutions of the 35 at the University System of Georgia. Now we have, oh gosh, close to 3,000 un- universities that we, we work with on a variety of services, one of them being the textbook conversion, but also deaf and hard of hearing services that deals with remote captioning, um, the Braille services. We provide a software application that runs a disability service office on a campus that can help institutions make better decisions about the accommodations that they're offering their students and hopefully eventually tap into the retention and graduation um, rates to, you know, tying them to accommodations. What accommodations actually do work? There's no national database that's, or even state database that we're aware of that's at tracking this type of data. And we've jumped into the corporate field, so we've actually worked with now corporations and nonprofit organizations as well as other government entities on web accessibility, um, ensuring that, that their websites are accessible for individuals with disabilities. So if I have a dyslexia or if I'm an individual who's blind or visually impaired or a traumatic brain injury or if I have a mobility um, disability, um, that I can go to and navigate a website. And we're working you know, you don't- deeply... Well, I was going to say, because you're also, you don't think of all of the different applications for that, but with the traumatic brain injuries, I know that's a big issue within the veterans community as well. Uh, and are, how do you all identify those uh, projects as you're expanding? Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. You know, the we have, we're very unique at Georgia Tech has allowed us to, to set up memberships. So we are a social entrepreneur organization. We get subsidy from the, the system office, the University System of Georgia, and then we are able to set up memberships. So a, a, a governmental, a nonprofit, or corporate entity may come in as a membership, and we can, we can tweak their services based on what they need, um, and, what, and we track that. And we track that well, in a couple different Well, I was going to say, that is a fantastic application, and we're going to jump to the commercial break, and when we get back, delve into really how, can, how you're developing these public-private partnerships. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, 
only on America's Web Radio. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock for Medicine on Call. On Medicine on Call, we talk about more than medicine. It's about how to take control of your mind, body, and spirit. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back. You're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Lynn. Today we are talking about all the technology used for good and how technology is enabling the disabled and really just removing barriers. And we're chatting now with Christopher Lee with AMAC and from what, uh, not to diminish the amazing work that y'all are doing, but from humble beginnings, you're now across 3,000 uh, campuses or schools. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about that. The, it really um, blew us away when we saw the need out there. I guess we realized it, but, um, you know, it's difficult when, you, when you're running a disability office on a campus, uh, there's a lot, not usually a lot of resources that are provided. It's limited staff. So, so how are y'all developing, because you were, before the break, you were talking about what y'all are branching out into the corporate environment, as well as working with individuals that, you know, outside of the college environment. How are y'all identifying the needs and addressing that growth? Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, they're, they're they're pretty much you know, these corporations out there, not just in the U.S. but globally, are looking for support in order to help their organizations be more accessible. And we're not just talking their outfacing um, websites, but also internally with their employees showing that they are offering the right accommodations and showing that their internal information and communication technologies are accessible. 
so we have partnered with a couple groups to do that. And one of the groups that we've talked with um, and we started working with is the International Association of Accessible, Accessible Professionals, IAAP. They've been around a year or so, and they work very closely with a, a program um, that was started back in 2006, with the United Nations, um, G3ICT. And there's a big movement um, with um, these professional associations to offer support, training, and technical assistance, as well as certifications to um, individuals that are employed at these organizations. These um, certifications can be anything from just a basic understanding of accessibility and how to work with your employees as well as your customers. It can be focused on web accessibility. It can be focused on procurement as well as accessible digital content, which is what we do. So one of the areas that we have been really working on is working with the IAAP to reach out to organizations and um, to make sure that they get certified so that, you know, in working with the individuals they do, they can, you know, do a better job. Well, and where do you see some of the uh, opportunities coming up on the development side or aspects of the technology that you see in the next six months or year because everything's moving at, at lightning fast and are there is there anything on your radar that really you just can't wait to see get released into the wild wow there's so much happening in, in technology so many apps that are out there that are doing such incredible things um I mean, one of the things I'm most excited about, and this goes back more to the higher education realm, but um, there's a lot of learning management systems now that are becoming more and more accessible and more and more dynamic. So not only do you just have the content that you're, that you're developing or that needs to be in an accessible format, whether it's a PDF or a doc file or, or another media flavor, but these platforms that are so interactive um, are becoming uh, they're becoming more aware of the importance of building in accessibility, and again, as you, you know, and many other people do that follow disabilities. I mean, if you make it accessible, have equal access, it's going to be better for everyone. So, I would say, from my perspective, there's so much happening out here, but really in the area of of education, um, higher education, these learning management systems are becoming more and more robust. And you're listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. We're chatting with Christopher Lee, Director of the Accessibility Solutions and Research Center based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And how do uh, private companies that are working on different platforms or different software, how do they link into what you're doing? Well, I mean, they, you obviously can contact us. Georgia Tech um, um, has a slew of um, companies that they work with, you know, NASA, Lockheed Martin, large companies that come to them for different reasons. And we're finding the same thing. We're getting um, companies coming, calling us directly saying, what can we do? How can you help us um, become um, develop a roadmap that deals with accessibility? And a lot of times it's, it's really starting at the very front end of it and saying, hey, do you have an accessibility statement? on your website or, or any of your materials. How, what is the framework that you're using to ensure that accessibility is across the organization? So a lot of it is backing up, you know, looking strategically at their plan and, and how to incorporate um, accessibility into their organization. Now, Jill, and I know you take advantage of the access 
the George Labs and research students and opportunities? Do you pair partner with pro, with specific majors or partnerships within Georgia Tech that are? Yes, um, we do. We, we um, industrial design. We're actually located within the College of Design, but industrial design we, we tap into. Uh, and we and and we also tap into HCI and computer science. We have about twenty students working with us doing um, hands-on work around accessibility. And Georgia Tech, I'm so proud of Georgia Tech. It's got six or seven research um, and development labs here that have a variety of um, expertise. So tying into those R and D labs is critical and helps build you know you know all services to to reach to another level. Well, and are you seeing more students or more research being done in this area uh, than perhaps five years ago? Yeah, there is actually. Back, uh, you, you may be very aware of this, but um, you know, a little bit a year ago, um, there was uh, with the twenty-five, um, 25th year of the anniversary of the ADA, there was a several um, companies that launched something called Teach Access. And um, Georgia Tech is a part of this initiative. And we're talking about you, um, Yahoo, Google, and several other companies. And the concept of, of it is to provide many grants or to develop, first of all, a task force and hopefully develop many grants that would go out to universities so that they, the faculty could actually incorporate accessibility into their um, colleges and their schools um, to ensure that students are getting a a wide range of education and not just have one class that's focused on web accessibility, even though that's great and we, we, we push for that, but to make sure that all classes that they're relative um, have accessibility built into them, not just for someone with a disability, but for these are students that hopefully will transition in the, out into the work world um, with, with having this knowledge. And what we're finding in many cases is that these corporations out there are looking for these individuals these qualified individuals that have knowledge around developing websites in accessible format or digital content accessibility, um, but they can't seem to find these individuals. So we are hoping that um, that that's something that's going to um, happen, and, and, and the movement is slowly moving, but it is moving forward. So it's, it's a big difference than five years ago. Well, and so moving, you know, what started with accessibility to the college textbook now branching out into the website and other digital media formats. One thing I have to ask is when I use Waze and other uh, GPS navigation systems, uh, I've had Arnold Schwarzenegger provide the voices. When are you all going to get some of the celebrities to start doing <laughs> the audio portion of some of your software? I mean, if you need me to reach out to people, I know nobody, but I will be happy to call. I mean, you know, you'll have a little bit of fun with it when you're developing some of this. You know, it's it's, it's a great it's a it's a it's a great question. You know, it's you know they're all learning. Um, um, there's, there's different programs out there. One of them used to be called Recording for the Blind and Dyslexic, and it's now called Learning Ally. There's only a handful of programs um, that actually provide this post-production conversion in the United States, and obviously it's also done in other countries. But um, some of these, particular Learning Ally, they have been able to get um, 
specific stalls to come in and record a book. A lot of what we do is more um, using synthesized um, um, uh, voices. So it's computer voices. So it's not as sexy as having a um, Arnold Schwarzenegger or other stars come in there and, <laughs> and actually read it. Um, so I saw it to say, we're not, we're not there yet. But if we get there, I'm calling you. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking it with all of the electronic dance music, you know, DJs and stuff, maybe have some of them mix some of the background, <laughs> you know, set the tone for the programs. Well, if someone wants to reach out and contact y'all, what is the best way to get in touch? You can go to our website, which is AMAC, A-M-A-C, U-S-G, for the University System of Georgia, um, dot org. So it's AMAC, A-M-A-C, U-S-G dot org. And on that uh, website, you'll see all the information you need to be able to contact us. We're located at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, in a in an old historic candy factory. And so if you're in the Atlanta area um, and the traffic, you're stopped by the traffic, uh, which is usually what happens here in Atlanta, <laughs> you know, pull on over and visit us. There you go. Are you all on Twitter as well? Yes, we, we are on Twitter, and all that can be found um, on our website. And we have a Facebook account. Excellent. Now, oh, see, there you go. Social, active on social media, and now you're just helping the social media become more accessible to everyone else. <laughs> exactly. Now, and now, are there, you know, before we wrap up, just wanted to give a quick thank you to Christopher Lee from... Uh, the Accessibility Solutions and Research Center. And thank you for joining us, and thank you to the earlier guests from the Georgia Vocational Rehabilitation Agency. And uh, find all of this, catch up on uh, prior podcasts and episodes of Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on iTunes. Thank you to America's Web Radio Thank you to Hall Booth Smith. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, and thank you for listening. We look forward to the next Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz next Wednesday from 2 to 3. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.